This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, what's up and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day, as well as video podcast and podcast. Um, I'm Matt and this is Jessica and we're your hosts uh, every Monday uh, for this video cast of reading the Bible. Uh, what is Morning Breath and what's it all about? Morning Breath is just a way to start your day, first of all, or whenever you're listening to it is wonderful. Um, but it's a way to read your Bible. It's a way to get more out of it than maybe you would get out of it just reading it on your own. You're getting different perspectives. And so we take a chapter of the Bible, we read it, we uh, look for what God is breathing on it that day, hence the name Morning Breath. And um, so that's it. It's pretty simple. That's and right. We, we make the schedule. So I make the schedule for what chapters we're going to be reading and when. And I made the schedule in like December of 2019 for the whole of 2020, obviously not knowing we were going to be in a pandemic or any of this was going to go on. And so we've been in Acts, but today we are going to start a new book of the Bible and it's Romans 1. And what's so funny is because I made this so long ago, I'm finishing up Acts and I'm like, I wonder what we're going to read next. You know, I had chosen like forever ago. I'm like, I hope it's Romans. And I looked on the <laughs> schedule, it was Romans. So that's exciting. Yes, yes. Romans. Amazing. We did it. So we're in Romans chapter one today. What What is going on before we dive into this? Well, as a church, we've uh, been digital for about, you know, uh, nine weeks now, but we're also now starting to do some other things as, as our restrictions are easing off. Uh, this past weekend, we did uh, cars, uh, church in your cars. The weekend before, we did a worship concert in cars on a Saturday night. And so as we're stepping forward, we'll, you know, we'll be eventually opening our buildings. Uh, our big, the, the biggest trick for us uh, is kids' church, and we have so many families and so many people with children um, that it's very hard to do uh, a traditional service that we're used to um, with kids in it. And so as we're leaning into that, we're, we're making creative choices that are helping people not only have that uh, digital church, take home church experience, which has been incredible. We've seen, uh, you know, over 150 people give their life to Christ in the Amazing. last eight weeks. It's, it's been awesome. Um, our generosity has increased immensely and, and giving actually has not gone back. And uh, because of that, it's, we've been empowered as a church to do more and more than we've ever done uh, in, in this consistency week after week after week. And, and so there's that. And uh, now we're, we're kind of in this odd space where we're, we're trying to, you know, get back to some of the things that we're used to, but not also lose some of the things that uh, God has built in us today. And so it's going to be this, this great marriage of the past, present, and the future all mm-hmm. merging together you know, like it should be. Like, that's really what life's all about. It's the experience of the past. It's the, the thoughts and the vision for the future with today. And so that's what's really been going on. It reminds me of one of your favorite verses in Isaiah 43 about God always doing a new thing and how he makes uh, a, a river in the desert and a path in the wilderness. And those are impossible things, really. Like, where there was no river in the desert, now there's a river. And I think because of this crisis, we have been able to... Uh, pivot and do things that we have never done before in an instant. I mean, if you think back to the very, very beginning of this, we we did church like normal, the old normal. And then in six days, we had our entire church and everything and worship and everything on a, a digital platform. Like we never would have been able to make that jump without this crisis. And so it's really cool to see the things that have been produced through this. And I think we're actually going to probably talk about some of these in Romans 1 as well. So We're going to read Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read first, and there are 32 verses, so I'll read through 16. Perfect. 
I will read. Awesome. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative, set apart for preaching the gospel of God, the good news of salvation, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the sacred scriptures. The good news regarding his son, who, as to the flesh, his human nature, was born a descendant of David to fulfill the covenant promises. And as to his divine nature, according to the spirit of holiness, was openly designated to be the son of God with power in a triumphant and miraculous way by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is through him that we have received grace and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and make disciples for his namesake among all the Gentiles. And you also are among those who are called of Jesus Christ to belong to him. I am writing to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called to be saints, God's people, and set apart for a sanctified life. That is, set apart for God and his purpose. Grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith, your trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness is being proclaimed in all the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness as to how continuously I mention you in my prayers, always pleading that somehow by God's will I may now at last come to you. For I long to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that many times I plan to come to you and I have been prevented so far. This reminds me of like all our travel right now (laughs) this season. I've been prevented so far so that I may have some fruit of my labors among you, even as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I have a duty to perform and a debt to pay both to the Greeks and to barbarians, the cultured and the uncultured, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am ready and eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation from his wrath and punishment to everyone who believes in Christ as Savior, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. All right, verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the worlds or of world of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. I'm highlighting that verse. I like that. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so they do 
uh, what ought not to be done. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous degree, decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Amen. Amen. So you want to start with that verse that you loved? Or do you want to start? Um, start at the beginning. Start where you start. <laughs> I will start. I loved verse 6. And it says, And you also are among those who are called of Jesus Christ to belong to him. And that went on the, um, right after this verse before it, which said, it is through him that we've received grace in our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and make disciples for his name's sake. And I highlighted that in my Bible, verse five, and I wrote on the side of it, purpose statement, because I think you can look at this and be like, if you don't have, if you don't feel like you have a purpose, which you were talking to someone recently and you asked them if they had ever thought about their lives and whether this path they were on was going to lead them to their purpose that God had created them. And they answered that they had never thought of that before, that that was a totally new thought that God would even have a purpose for them. And so that made me so sad because I, I grew up knowing that God had a purpose for my life. You know, I was became a Christian. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five years old. And although it, it's been up and down in my relationship with him and I've gone back and forth and been further away from him at times and deeper with him at other times, I've always known that God have, had a purpose for my life. And so I felt it was very important to tell you, if you're listening right now, that God has a purpose for your life. And if you don't know what it is exactly, you can start here in Romans chapter one, verse five. It is through him that we have received grace and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and make disciples for his namesake among all the Gentiles. And that plain in plain speak means obedience to the faith, which means trust God and have faith in, in what he's called you to do. And then make disciples, tell other people about Jesus, help them along in their walk with God, help them understand what the Bible says as you are doing the same thing for yourself. So I love that part. But the, the second part was you also are among those who are called of Jesus Christ to belong to him. And my application for this verse was just rest in your belonging. There is nothing that we can do there's not, first of all, there's nothing that we can do um, or have done to separate us from the love of God, but there's nothing that we can do to earn belonging in God. Like we are his children. We are his sons and daughters. We're, we belong because he says so. And that's it. That's something that actually my parents grew up and I think my dad probably mostly grew up saying like, because I said so. And that was something that I said, I will never say that to my kids. And of course, like I do because Every it's day. perfect, like <laughs> because I said so. And so let God say this to you because he said so you belong to him. And that's like, period, end of story. I love that. <laughs> you know, another thing that uh, I think in a conversation about purpose, what we can ask ourselves is how what we're doing can fulfill our higher purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we may not know, like, you know, do I, do I quit everything I'm doing to go after this, like, wild dream to fulfill my purpose and all this, that, and the other thing. Uh, not often that that happens, like, you know, with a snap of a finger. More, more likely as it happens is God uses what you're doing to fulfill a higher purpose. And how you, you find a f higher purpose, um, one is 
asking God simply like, Lord, what is my purpose? And then beginning to ask yourself questions like, what passions do I have uh, that go uh, hand in hand with the gospel? Like, Mm -hmm. do I have a passion to help certain people? Do I have a passion to care for certain people? And uh, sometimes that doesn't work because, you know, there's there's a possibility that uh, we live this life probably a lot of times thinking about ourselves. Um, how can I take care of myself and my family, which is nat- perfectly natural. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, you know, evil about that. But that's just kind of like the baseline of who God has called us to be is taking care of our stuff, right? And ourselves and our family and our people and all of that. But if, you, if you've never been passionate about helping someone else, you might ask this question, what really bothers me in when an injustice happens to someone else? In the, the hurt in the world and the pain in the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe, you know, when you're driving down the road and you see a homeless person pushing a shopping cart full of their stuff, uh, if that bothers you, like something's wrong about this, that might be part of how God's trying to get to you. Hey, you need to care for the weak or the hurting, you know, or maybe you hear a story about a foster child that's passed from family to family to family for 10 different families in 10 years. And that bothers you. Something about that makes you upset. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be a way that God is trying to get a message to you that, you know, care for foster children. That doesn't mean you have to adopt a bunch of foster children necessarily, but, uh, they could use help. We at our church, we are right now investing quite a bit in foster care ministry. Um, it's something that God not only put on my heart, but really landed on quite a few people's heart sort of almost at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a church, as East Coast, uh, about two years ago, we began this process of, uh, just realizing that there wasn't a lot of help for the foster care community and a lot of churches weren't involved. And so, we started getting involved and now we're, we're very involved. We're, we're actually tied in with the court system right here in Bavard County. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It took an entire year, mm-hmm. actually from Easter last year to Easter this year to get tied in with a sheriff's department, the courthouse, judge, all of this. Now we're tied in and we're currently helping. In fact, uh, last week, uh, or it might have been a week and a half ago, actually, we, we helped out to the Rockledge branch, their central offices of foster care services in Bavard County. We did a bunch of stuff for the care workers, and we also helped the foster care families, encouraging them. Um, another one that really just kind of burns me uh, is veterans. I, I get so, I'm not a veteran. Um, I've never served in the military, but it just burns me to see veterans struggling. Uh, to see guys that have uh, <clears throat> committed their lives to the protection of our nation and the service of our nation, to see them struggling uh, mentally with PTSD, physically with wounds, uh, emotionally, whatever, financially, it really makes me upset and really, really bothers me because they've done what so many so many people were not necessarily called to or willing to do mm-hmm. is, is really sign their life on the dotted line for the protection of our nation and, and our people. And, and, you know, it to me, when we think Jesus gave his life for us, then we think, well, there's actually people here around us willing to give their life for us too. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, I hate that. It's an injustice. And so um, not that our military or government isn't trying or doing anything, but I think there's room for believers 
to to help veterans. And so we uh, I'm we invest in our veteran uh, population quite a bit uh, with help, with generosity, with love, with outreach. We have a lot of military former military veterans. We have uh, we help wounded warriors. We I mean one of my good friends actually his whole organization is really helping uh, wounded veterans yeah. like. Uh, emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. wounded, not necessarily physically, um, not necessarily the wounded warrior type. And there's a lot of differences in there, which I've learned a lot about over the years. But the bottom line is any veteran who's struggling, that burns me up. And so I want to use my platform and I want to use my my position to reach a higher purpose. And that's to bring people to Christ. That's yeah. And that is to bring veterans to Christ, the healing of Christ, not just to bring them to a church service. I'm talking to bring them the healing power of Jesus, to bring foster kids, the healing power of Jesus, to bring single mothers, the healing power of Jesus, to, for those that need food, uh, that they would find food in our church. And from food, it would lead them to uh, eternal food, as Jesus would kind of say. And so they go from eating and drinking water and food to now, uh, you know, everlasting life and everlasting water, right? And so that's, that's some of the stuff that you can ask yourself how am I doing? What am I doing to reach my higher purpose? I was going to say a question for you as a, not a segue, but an addition is what if someone who doesn't have a, a, a platform yet or whatever, just isn't in a position to make maybe a huge difference and they have the same thing. Maybe they really, um, really it burns them when they see someone homeless who's walking around with a shopping cart. What could they even do to begin that journey? Let's just use that as an example. Well, I think it's different for everybody, but um, it does start with caring and then it will start most likely with partnering. And so you would maybe partner with somebody who's already in that space of helping a person like that. So Uh, serving, like just taking that one step to serve with that community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But the why I say partnering instead of just serving is because not everybody can go up to a homeless person and be like, let me serve you, right? Let me help you. Um, You know, for instance, you probably wouldn't get out of your car and walk into a homeless camp and say, how can I help you guys today? That will be a very dangerous thing to do. Right. But there's a ministry called Overlook that our church is heavily involved with that they, it's what they do. Mm-hmm. They go into homeless camps. They go in and they go to the bridge and under the bridge provide weekly meals and a church service and you could partner with them mm-hmm. and, right. and take the strength that they have. Through partnership, it expands your ability to serve yeah, and it actually grows you as a person and you can partner in a lot of different ways. In fact, one thing that our church is uh, really, uh, really keen in on right now is is this this question is like what do you have, mm-hmm. and how can we equip you to do that? So like, do you have a desire to help the homeless population? Okay, let us know, and you can do that on our website, and we will equip you for the work of the ministry. Yep. The Bible says that the fivefold ministry: the pastors, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, are here for the equipping of the saints yeah. for the work of the ministry. So technically, I shouldn't be doing nothing except helping you <laughs> do something, right? And uh, that's my, that. That's me at the pinnacle of my position is constantly empowering and helping other people, igniting them for the things they care about and the things that God put in their heart and things that God put in your heart. Yeah. I shouldn't be running around with my head down helping 
you know, this, that one person, no, I should be empowering, empowering, empowering. Uh, you know, we see that sometimes example of what a pastor is and we, they get burned out real fast because you realize you just can't help. Uh, too many people. Well, like, as one person, who can you help? Like maybe five people a day, right? But if you're I empowering... I can't even help five people a day. I really can't. <laughs> if you're empowering hundreds or thousands of people in our church to go, each, all... each one of them are helping, you're now, yes, it's a multiplying effort. So I love that, that we just did that little veer off onto purpose because it's very simple. And I think the enemy, he always wants to make the simple things of God very confusing and they're not, you know, like... God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, actually. And that there's part of that in here. But do you have something you want to move on to or am uh, I going with that? I, I can go or you can go. I'm going to go matter. with verse eight. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith, your trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness is being proclaimed in all the world. And it kind of goes along then with verse 12, which says we may be that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and and mine. There's another verse in the Bible, not sure where it is, but it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, which is the blood of the lamb, Jesus sacrificed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and the word of our testimony. So our testimony is what God has brought us through, what we through faith have overcome and what he has helped us overcome. So it's both and, and I just love these verses because it talks about hearing your story of faith is helping me. You hearing my story of faith is helping you. Me hearing your story of faith is helping all of us. We we ha- we are walking our own faith journey, let's say, but faith is like a muscle. You really have to work it out. You have to hear that, oh my gosh, that person went through that. How inspiring is it to see someone go through a trial and a struggle? I mean, movies are made about people's biggest trials and struggles. And then at the end, we're weeping because they've overcome and they, they're, you know, in the end, victorious. And that's all that faith is. Faith is just believing without seeing and then seeing this person go from here to there because of the grace of God and the glory of God. And so I just love this this verse that we are comforted by each other's faith. That I was talking to a friend the other day who's really going through a struggle with um, adopting a child. And it's been this roller coaster and they thought they were at the end of the road and then another wrench got thrown in the plan mm. and they she just texted me and said, pray now. This just came up and I need, I have goosebumps thinking about it. This just came up and I need someone else to join me in this, in this partnership. And so I just stopped everything I was doing. I prayed and I, I wrote to her that I said, this, this is already won. This battle is already won. You are not, the enemy is defeated. You're not fighting against um, defeat. You're fighting against fear. And faith overcomes fear. And so you can borrow some of my faith right now because I have full faith and confidence that you are going to overcome this, that that baby is already called to be yours, that he is the blank family. And I said their last name. He is already part of your family. He was, he was chosen for your family. And so I'm able to, I'm, I'm kind of, I have a, um, advantage because I'm out of the situation. I'm not dealing with all the, the pain and the history and the struggle and hearing the bad news myself. So I can then have faith to rise up and she can borrow some of my faith. So I just love that. I love that. I actually like the verse before that. I feel like it adds to even what we're doing right now is it says, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Mm -hmm. And I think that long to see you thing has been in us for the last like, you know, month or so, two or three or whatever that we're in right now. And, but have I ever seen Paul? Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Did they, were they seeing Paul when he said that? No. What were they doing? They were reading his letter, mm-hmm. and we're reading his letter now. 
And this letter is known for really uh, ex- exploding the church beyond Jerusalem. Uh, Rome is uh, the Roman road. Uh, the Roman road system was actually known for where, how the gospel spread to the entire world. Mm-hmm. And this letter uh, is really the pinnacle of uh, the gospel that we have right now today in America because Paul wrote to the Romans and the Romans, uh, like Cornelius, Mm -hmm. they took the gospel to the ends of the earth. And uh, so now we find ourselves today in this age where we sometimes long to see someone or we don't feel encouraged, Mm -hmm. yet we can encourage them. Like you can be encouraged by listening to a podcast. You can be encouraged by reading a letter, by reading a a Bible scripture, by sending someone a text, by praying for somebody Mm -hmm. and uh, sending it to them in a text form. I've done that so many times when someone says, pray with me, I literally pray and I type out my prayer to the Lord. And you know, when we're praying on video, it's funny. You're like, well, is that a real prayer? yeah, if you're praying along with that person, that's where the real prayer was. And that was a real prayer at one point. Mm-hmm. Just like when Jesus prayed for you, I think in John chapter 17, you're reading his prayer. That was a prayer 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And when you read that prayer, what is it doing? It's, a, it's invoking what was prayed before. And it's invoking it for this moment now because it, it doesn't... It's eternal. The word of God is eternal. God is eternal. Like a prayer 2,000 years ago is affecting us right now. Mm-hmm. A prayer last month is affecting us right now. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't be down on some of these ways that we're, we're learning about prayer and we're learning about God. Be encouraged no matter what your situation is. And I think you'll find blessing in that. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're done. <laughs> Great to hang out with you guys for a little bit. We've been in Romans 1. We'll- They'll be in Romans 2 tomorrow, and we will be together with you next Monday. So join us then. Have a great day. See you. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East 
Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.